the hope of the world is in this room. The hope of the world is the local church. And I'm going to read from Mark chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. News is going to spread quickly that Jesus is home in this house. And soon, the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors. So, so the room was so packed that even outside the door, even outside the door, while he was preaching God's word to the mark, there'll be moments when you will be preaching God's word and miracles will break out. You aren't going to do anything. You aren't going to psych it. And it'll probably, be, probably, it'll probably be on the morning when you don't want to be here. It'll probably be on the morning. Well, have you got a dog or a cat? Well, yeah, you got a dog. It'll probably be on the morning where the dog has just crapped all over your shoes and you've got to wear. Everything's going wrong. It'll probably be on the morning when you don't feel your best and you will be preaching the word and people will be saying, I'm healed. I, I can see. I can hear. Uh, this, this, my, my, my legs, I can, it's going to happen as you're preaching the word. Can I hear an amen? I, th this is just one prophecy, a long prophecy here. So, 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 so as he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus, seeing their faith or knowing their faith. Jesus said to the paralyzed man, because of what they've done, you're forgiven. Let that sink in. Because of what these four men have done, you're forgiven. And for me, it's a perfect picture. For me, God exploded in my spirit and I began to see in the spirit concerning this house. It's a perfect picture of Hillsong Berlin impassioned and mobilized with one intention to carry a diseased, disabled, hopeless world to the feet of Jesus in this city. The palsied man for me is a picture of a world <clears throat> unable to get to Jesus. This guy could not get to Jesus on his own. He was crippled. It took four friends. It took the local church working together as one unit. This is what got to me. It took the local church, the four friends represent the local church bringing a sick world to Christ. Anybody in the house? So it took the local church working as one unit to get this sick man who was unable to get to the feet of Jesus on his own. The four friends were his only hope to get to Jesus. My God, I sense the anointing here, Mark. I sense the presence of God in this room. I sense an attentiveness to something that is so serious and so wonderful that 
that from this meeting, something incredible could take place. Am I talking to the right people here? The four friends were his only hope. And the four friends for me is a picture of the local church working as one unit. The church is the only hope for a dying world to convey them to Jesus. Politicians are not going to carry sick people to the feet of Jesus. Religion is not going to carry a sick and dying world to the feet of Jesus. New age, witchcraft, yabba dabba doo, whatever it is, it's not going to, there is only one hope for the dying world to get to the feet of Jesus and it's in this room. So these four men, I hope I can get through everything here. It's like, man, these four men give us a fantastic visual aid for every local church to bring their community to Jesus' feet. And I noticed 75 things. Number one, but what, I haven't got time to do the 75. So I said, Lord, that's too long. So, so anyway, so, so okay. So I, I've, I, stop it. You're bringing out a little boy in me here now. Number one, this is what I saw. I, have you got the picture? Have you got the picture? We are it. We are it. That's why you are here. That's why God called Mark and Joyce to Berlin because he wanted to get a group of people to realize that the only hope for Berlin is the local church. Right here. Number one. So these four men, how did they get? The thing that got to me was this. The emphasis was not what happened when they arrived. Tearing the roof off. What I was fascinated with was how they got there. There were four of them. And I started to think. And I thought, for me, here are some of the principles that caused these men to pick up their friend and bring, them to the feet of, bring him to the feet of Jesus. One, they accepted the fact they were only stretcher bearers. Their friend's need could only be met at Jesus' feet. They could not heal him. They could only carry him. Our preaching skills cannot heal people. Our counseling team cannot heal people. Our music cannot heal people. Our building cannot heal people. Our conferences cannot heal people. They are all important, but they are only stretchers that carry people to the feet of Jesus. Now you've got to get this. You've got to get this. You've got to get this. Let's not glamorize the stretcher. Let, come on, somebody. Let's not glamorize the preacher. I know I'm brilliant. You don't have to tell me. I have enough trouble with humility as it is. <laughs> Whoever did that on the screen, that's how you do it, okay? So, what's now? 
I focus. Right. Now I tend to go. Come on, let's not glamorize our preachers. The one thing I love about Hillsong, when I go down to preach for Brian and Sydney, you know what I mean? They don't care, you know, if there's six halos on your head and you've walked across the ocean to get there. You're part of the team when you turn up in Hillsong, whatever you preach. I love it. That's why I believe God's favor is on, on, this, uh, is on Hillsong. Because they don't glamorize the preacher. Let's not glamorize the stretcher. Don't glamorize the music. Don't glamorize the buildings. These men had a revelation. It wasn't about their skill or their strength. It wasn't about the stretcher that healed the man. It was all about the Savior and his name was Jesus. And he says, somehow. <laughs> For example, I mean, I, I didn't know that uh, what Mark was going to say this morning about praise and worship. What a wonderful stretcher to convey people to the feet of Jesus. Now, if we get this, if we understand that God has provided the local church, this is just one aspect of it, provided us with a stretcher to bring people into the presence of God. <laughs> I tell you, when we get that, do you know there are some churches that have stopped praise and worship? They call them seeker-sensitive churches. We don't want to offend people. They may not understand what we are singing. So let's cut out the praise and worship and just keep it theatrical. They can get that in the local theater. There's only one place where they can be carried into the presence of God. And it's not in the cinema. It's not in the theater. It's not in a concert. It is in the local church where they pick up the stretcher of praise and worship and thanksgiving to God. We are actually carrying them into the presence of God. They may not understand it, but they know there's something going on. And those churches that, that have, have ruled out praise and worship in their corporate meetings, they've just dropped the stretcher with the guy on it. When musicians, singers, sound people, light people, tech people realize they are stretcher bearers working together to usher people into the presence of God, ego dies. Selfishness dies. Personal agenda dies. Come on, somebody say amen. It's not about you. It really isn't about how well you sing or how, how well you're hearing in your ear. Well, how come he gets more forward? So... All this stuff was going on in my church, right, with the tech team and the worship team and the singers. See, you've got to understand, like, guys, you know, like, uh, like uh, these guys live on another planet. You understand it? They, 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 they live there all week. They sail in on Sunday. They do. Th th we're weird. We are weird. That's why we need more help and more prayer than you can imagine. 
And there was this stuff going on in our worship team. And I thought, Lord, how can I deal with this? And this is what he said to me. They need to understand that they are stretcher bearers. And all this stuff that's going on is affecting the guy on the stretcher. And so he showed me. He showed me, and this is what I shared with him. He showed me when John was translated into heaven, into the greatest worship service you could ever imagine. He was in the middle of it all. There were angels flying with six wings. What? You can't compete with that. I mean, the mechanics of worship was incredible. And John was in, and he saw one, one thing. There was a beast with, covered with eyes. That's enough to freak anybody out in a worship service. So all this was going on and John could have been caught up with all this, but God says, no, look here. There are three things I want you to know, uh, notice, John. With all the mechanics of the worship, the first thing that John saw was a throne. He said, John, look here. I am in control of your life. I'm sovereign. The next thing he saw was a rainbow encircling the throne, a full rainbow. We only see a half rainbow. Do you know what the full rainbow represents? God's saying, you know what? Half a rainbow, they lived under half a rainbow for 1,500 years, trying to keep uh, the law. It was given to show them that they couldn't keep it. But then Jesus came and completed the rainbow on your behalf. What I'm trying to tell you, John, not only am I in control of your life, but also I keep my promises to you. Every promise that I've given to you, I keep. I'm faithful. Then he saw a lamb slain in the middle of the throne. And, 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 that, and what God wanted to say to John was, John, I want you to know that whatever you feel, whatever's going on in your life, you are unconditionally loved. So I said to the worship team, and I said to the congregation, because we are all stretcher bearers here. When it comes to praise and worship, corporately, we are all stretcher bearers. We are giving glory to God, but you don't know who you're carrying. Come on, somebody. I was preaching in the Hillsong, London. And, uh, and, uh, and then I, I was preaching there. <laughs> and I came, I came, I came from... I came down, I sat there, and a, 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 a lovely a black girl tapped me on my shoulder. I turned around, she, tears running down her face. She said, thanks for saving my life. I said, why? What happened? She said, well, I came this morning to church. And I told God, unless I, I sense your presence, unless you speak to me, I'm going home, and I'm taking my own life, and also the, my little dog that I live with. But she said this morning, what was happening? I tell you what was happening. When that congregation and when the band and the congregation and all just, she was on that stretcher and we carried her right into the very presence of Jesus and saved her life. And I said to the worship team and the congregation, it's not about you. Who cares? Well, the music's too loud. Well, put a flipping thing in your ear then. <laughs> well, then, when, when? I said, listen, before you come to church, whoever you are, understand, forget the mechanics of it. First thing you've got to see, God is sovereign in your life. That settles it. 
Understand that God will keep all His promises to you. He's faithful and you are loved unconditionally. So who gives a flip about what's going on around you? Somebody say amen here. Give the Lord a big clap. I'm preaching myself very happy here. Stretch your bearers. Is this helping anybody here? When the whole church, and I know this is on Mark's heart, and the reason why it's on his heart is because it's from heaven. There's something going on here. There's something going on in this realm. And perhaps this may give clarity to it, to understand why. When the whole church worships God, worships God collectively like we did this morning, as one, we become stretcher bearers. Our songs become the stretcher to carry sick people to the feet of Jesus. I'm working in a youth club in 1980. Some of you weren't even in the fallopian tube then. <laughs> What's a fallopian tube? Ask somebody. So, so, there's a guy there. What's the floor? Anyway, so 1980, I'm working, I'm working in a youth club. Um, I've been saved about eight years, and uh, I'm working in this youth club, working with three co workers. One of them was an atheist, a 19 year old young man, atheist, and he gave me crap all the way, just, you know. But I, I was talking to these young people, they were getting saved in their droves in the youth club. And so they were getting saved and the, this guy hated it. He, oh, this, you shouldn't be doing this, all this stuff, right? So, uh, so they were getting saved. So I asked the, uh, the authorities if I could meet with these young people um, on a Sunday afternoon to, you know, to build them up. I mean, the little that I knew, but if I could help them. So on a Sunday afternoon, uh, not just, no, on a Monday night, there was no club on a Monday, on a Monday night. So there was about 30 or 40 of us in this little room and they were all getting filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I, I mean, you know, I knew hardly anything, but I knew Jesus and they were getting all filled with the Holy Spirit. They didn't know what worship was. They didn't know what stuff was. And one night the, the, the Holy Ghost came in the room and, and, and they were just gone. They were just worshiping, thanking God, speaking in tongues. It was like a real move of God. And in the middle of it all, the guy's name is Delvin. In the, middle of, in the middle of it all, Delvin had to come down to the club because he'd left something and he walked into the room. <laughs> he walked in. Atheist. I, I saw his face at the door and I thought, I'm done. I'm going to get the sack now. I know, I, honestly, I thought, I, I didn't, we just looked. He stayed there for like two minutes, came in, sat down. Looking at it, then without a word said, got up and walked out. So Tuesday morning, staff meeting. <laughs> I said, listen, Delvin, I, don't say a word, he said. I said, no, Delvin, you got, don't. don't. He said, I'm convinced. I said, what? He said, Ray, you may think I'm crazy. No, I said, I already know you're crazy. <laughs> you may think I'm crazy. You may, really may think I'm crazy. But when I walked in that room last night and you're all speaking in Russian and Chinese and stuff, 
And I know these kids, they're not that educated. And, and he said, when I walked in the room, all I saw was a blanket hovering over you all. This is an atheist. There was a blanket covering you all. And, and he said, when I walked in and sat down, I came under the blanket. And it was called love. I've never experienced anything like that in my life. That is what happens when we pick up the stretcher corporately of praise, worship, and thanksgiving. You can usher atheists. Come on, somebody. You can usher atheists. I'm doing good. Is this helping anybody right here? The second thing they did to get this sick man to the feet of Jesus, first of all, they, they recognized they were just stretcher bearers. The second thing they did to get this guy to Jesus, they had to walk in unity. How was this achieved? How did they walk as a unit in order for them to work as a single unit? These were four guys with different gates, different steps, okay? This is what I saw, okay? And then even in this heading, there's a four subheadings. Let's see if we can get this. So how did they walk in unity? Well, first of all, if we're gonna walk as a local church in unity, we heard a lot of, you know, talk about, we've gotta be unified, but how do you do that? Well, first of all, they had to walk with humility. In other words, they didn't care who took the credit. One of them must have had the idea. We gotta get our friend to Jesus. One of them, they didn't just suddenly all say at the same time in harmony, like uh, take that. They didn't just, uh, if you know what they're, they're, they didn't, you know, uh, do you know what I mean? It wasn't like a miracle moment where four of them suddenly said, we need to get our friends to Jesus. No, it wasn't a boy band decision. This wasn't a boy band thing. One of them had to have the idea. But that one didn't care whether he had the credit or not. Because when they got the man to Jesus, watch what Jesus said. When he saw their faith, Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Can you imagine the guy with the initial idea trying to carry him on his own? Probably would never have got him there. And it would be a lot harder and less fun. For too long, the church is failing to bring a sick world to Christ because of infighting over titles and glory. When you come to church, if you're serving here, you better come with a bowl and a towel. Come on, somebody say amen right here. Because that's the, who cares whose idea it is? If God gives you the idea, it's gonna take more than you to realize it. Come on, man, say amen. Mark and Joyce are now walking around saying, it's my idea, it's our idea. No, man, say, come on, this is our idea here. We gotta get a sick world to Christ. So, so in order to walk in unity, they had to walk in humility. They had to walk with synergy. I love this word 
Synergy. Watch this. You know the, what it means, but let me read out the meaning. Synergy means the combined power of a group when they are working together that is greater than the total power achieved by working separately. Wow. Now, let that sink in. You have to just check it out in the dictionary. On, on the MP3, whatever you use thing. One guy didn't say, hey, listen, you've got to walk like me. See, I walk like this. Now you all got to walk like this. And the other guy said, no, I'm not walking like that. I've got my own walk. You know what I mean? I walk like that. That's the way I walk. <laughs> so can you imagine four of them, right? One walking like this. Right? One walk. The other one walking like this. <clears throat> the other one walking like this. And the other one walking <laughs> like that. How many of you know the only person that's going to suffer is the guy on the stretcher? Come on, somebody say amen right here. Come on, help me in this place right here. In order for them to be successful in their mission, they had to sink. They had to synergize. They had to think, listen, what do we have to adjust in order to get our friend and keep him on that stretcher. Because if we all want to do our own thing, then the only one that's gonna suffer is the guy on the stretcher. Come on, somebody say amen here. I remember one of my first, one of my first serious dates was a girl, right, from, from the north of England. She was like six foot one. I got ingrowing legs. Honest to God. So, and do you know what it's like when you go on a date, right? You know, first, first date, so it's like, some, some people say, oh, relationships are like a walk in the park. Yeah, Jurassic Park. Anyway, so, so anyway, so you know what I'm talking about. That's why you laugh so strongly then. So those of you that are in Jurassic Park right now, relationally, right? First dates, right? When you're walking on the road, right? It's, it's really... It, you know, I'm like four foot two and she's six foot one. And I'm trying to keep in step with her. She's just naturally walking like this. So I'm running. And then I'm walking with her, my arm around her knees. She's got her arm around my head. It's weird. Then I go to the cinema. It's like this. So in order to be the same height, I had to put the seat up. See, I'm sitting on the seat. The exciting part comes. I, 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 I grab her and nearly broke her neck. Wow! It didn't work. It didn't work. Why? Because we couldn't sink. Our step. But if we are going to win a sick world to Jesus, we've got to bury our own agenda as to who should walk like who. Come on, we've got to work away. How can we sink? How can we synergize in order to keep this stretcher balanced? The word used in the New Testament, a very simple word, 
it, which encapsulates the whole thing and the success of the early church is together. together. To, everybody say together. together. When did the Holy Spirit fill that local church? When they were in one place together. When did the apostles start to minister in the miraculous? It says, when they were in one place together, that's when the ministry gifts began to operate in signs and wonders. Come on, man, you've got to get this. What, what was together? They were, they were saying, no, no, okay, let me see if we can sink these walks. I don't know how we're going to do that one, but we'll work out a way. It is beautiful, isn't it, when you see it like this? Acts 4, they raised their voices together in prayer. The early church walked in step. They were synergized. They kept that stretcher level because they knew the hope of the world depended upon it. You need to be in step with God personally. That produces an open heaven. You need to walk in step with yourself. That produces an open heart. And you need to walk in step with others. That produces an open hand. So when believers walk in step together with an open heart and an open heaven and an open hand, it produces an open door for sinners to come to Christ. Somebody say amen right here. Man, time is going. Let's go, keep going. Number three, in the subheading of two, they carried it with what? Humility. They carried it with what? Come on, synergy. And they carried it. Now, this is, this is I'm going to get really serious here if I can because this is so important. They carried it visionally. I didn't know that was a word. I really didn't. I thought, oh, just, just it's another Lee. Just humility. Uh, the, what, synergy. Visionally, fantastic. Visionally. And I looked up in the dictionary, this is what visionally means. You see, watch this. Not only did they have to walk in step, they had to walk in the same direction. This is like 101, but when it comes like in timing, it's like bam. What if one guy says, no, 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 I'm not going that way. There's a shortcut. No, 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 I'm not going that way. I, my friend told me I got a sat-nav anyway, and she is saying, turn around when possible. And I got, can you imagine four of them disagreeing on vision? Come on, somebody, you know where I'm going with this one? Now, I'm going to share, look, I've been, I've been in the ministry 41 years. I've been, I've been pastoring the same church for 25 years. Um, so I think I know a little bit more than I should know. What? No, you know what I mean. <laughs> I went off on one then. They had to walk in the same direction. Visionally, this is what it means. Unusual competence in discernment. Unusual competence in perception. Visionally, unusual competence in understanding how something works. One of the main causes of local church 
Churches dropping the stretcher is diversity of vision or division. An incompetence in discernment, especially when it comes to God's order in the local church. This is not a social club. This is not a religious organization. You don't choose the person who's sitting next to you. Neither do you choose the person God gives you to lead you. When he spoke to the churches in Revelation, he didn't speak to the committee. When things in the local, check it out, seven real churches, when Jesus needed to adjust things, he didn't say to the pastor, now get the team together and see what they think. He spoke to the angel. He spoke to the guy he put there. And he says, come here. Listen, Joe and Mark gets on to you. He's, he's, a, <laughs> he's been in, in, Jesus been in his face for three weeks. So when, so when, when, so he, he called to the pastor and he says, adjust this, 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 this is the vision. This is what you're going to say. Then the pastor would get up to the church and says, I've just received this from Jesus. This is what we're doing. And unless the church has unusual competence in discerning that, then you'll always have division. There were four elements in the early church success. Watch, fellowship, they met daily. Fearship, they loved the presence of God. Leadership, the guy, the leaders knew exactly what to do, prayer and the word. Watch this, and fellowship. They devoted themselves to delegated authority, not to the men, but to the vision that came through the men. The apostles' doctrine. Now I'm going to finish with this. They had an unusual competence in discerning the role and function of delegated authority. Two things the devil hates. The gospel of the grace of God and God's delegated authority. People that God places in His place. I'm going to finish with this. Did I say I am though? i got to get this out. Watch this. In order to keep the stretcher moving, visionally, we have to walk visionally in the same direction and that direction comes through God's delegated authority. You know, we're not, we're not playing games here, okay? We're not playing games here. And, and, uh, and unless we understand these principles, Holy Spirit, I pray, only you can make this truth real in people's hearts here. Only you can do that. You are the one that watches over the Word to perform it. It's truth that sets us free.